Multiple bottom line reports to cover today, including what's going on with the consumer, what's going on with Amazon and temporary workers, a government shutdown, Hunter Biden, and the United Kingdom's inflation surprise, a Kroger's inflation warning, Enphase, the UAW, Tesla, an F-35 hack, and, oh man, Morgan Stanley potentially suggests there could be an investment that makes sense beyond just shorting everything. Yeah, and that is Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson. You might be surprised to see what his suggestion is. Let's get into that and more in today's Bottom Line Report. Keep in mind, Househack is officially raising money. Go to househack.com to learn more about this investment, which may only be open for the next two to four weeks, as we might sell out a lot sooner than we thought. Go to househack.com to learn more about our one-to-one share raise, which is a great opportunity for investors, in our opinion. Make sure to read the prospectus. The United Kingdom's inflation metrics came in at a surprise. We were looking at 6.8%, down from 7% last month. We ended up getting 6.7%, putting pressure on the Bank of England to potentially pause their interest rate increases. Part of this drop uh, in inflation was due to a drop in restaurant pricing, putting less pressure on consumer prices. One of the reasons we might be seeing this decline in consumer prices at restaurants in the United Kingdom is, well, at least according to Bank of America, a slowdown in restaurant spending. Bank of America is warning a monthly decline in, uh, well, restaurant spending that is greater than what we've usually seen. One of the reasons Bank of America is suggesting we might be seeing this decline is less spend on fast casual, fast casual decelerating more than expected and turning negative in August. One of the reasons they seem to see this decline is when we jump over here, we see less spending by those making over $125,000. This was actually really bizarre. And we were doing some additional research on this, trying to come up with why would those making over $125,000 spend less on fast casual and have a larger drop in restaurant spend in August than others. I mean, obviously on this chart here, you could see this spike in spending on things like DoorDash and Fast Casual after COVID. That makes sense. But why all of a sudden are those making over $125,000 spending less? One of the reasons I thought, potentially a return to the office and readily accessible refrigerators. Now, I know this sounds crazy. Like, wait, Kevin's going to tell us about refrigerators? Think about this for a moment. If you're in office at a computer all day long, you probably have access to a refrigerator, which means you have access to the ability to snack, you have access to maybe fruits and vegetables or yogurt smoothies or whatever that you might not have access to if you were, let's say, a blue-collar construction worker or a plumber or an electrician. You go pick up your Dunkin' Donuts coffee in the morning and then you order DoorDash for lunch and when you get home, the last thing you want to do is cook. Whereas somebody who's in the office all day long has access to a refrigerator, not only is able to snack throughout the day, but is also experiencing inflationary pressures, higher gas prices, oil up 27% over just the last quarter. JP Morgan going as far as calling an oil price shock, something that we could be experiencing, putting a damper on consumer spending. This is a big deal. JP Morgan really warning about this and really warning that maybe just maybe this could end up contributing to a GDP decline that the Federal Reserve may not end up looking through. In other words, the Federal Reserve may say, all right, well, I guess we're going to get a GDP decline thanks to higher oil prices, but the inflationary impact is not something we can ignore. So guess what? Higher for longer. Not great. But finishing the thought on restaurants and refrigerators, 
it is possible, it is entirely possible that those individuals making under $125,000 a year might be more prone to ordering DoorDash just because you have less access to a refrigerator. Just our idea, point is though, restaurant spend declining, consumers under pressure, oil prices up yet again. Continuing on, what is Morgan Stanley suggesting, despite all of this, could actually perform well? And specifically, Mike Wilson. Remember, Mike Wilson is almost our resident bear who famously flip-flopped about six weeks ago after suggesting the rally in the stock market was exactly what you wanted to sit out for essentially the entire year and all of last year. Kind of rose to prominence because last year, he was right. You know, so anybody who told you to sell last year was kind of doing you a solid. Well, what is Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson suggesting now? Listen to this. Thoughts from the road, after spending the past week with clients across Europe, and obviously in discussions with those in the United States, we conclude that sentiment is quite similar to that of the United States. Many are grappling with uncertainty about the economic cycle. However, this uncertainty potentially reiterating a bull case for mega cap growth leadership. This is, of course, because of indexation. The more uncertainty you have, the more people might end up just throwing money into the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ, leading to more outperformance by mega caps versus maybe value underperforming in small and mid caps. Eventually, smalls and mids are expected to catch up, but will they? Right now, people seem to be more prone to this sort of decision-making of, well, should I just throw my money into money markets and make 5% on my money, or do I invest in stocks? Remember, it's not just 5% that you're getting in your cash, though. If you do throw money into money markets, you are also getting with that opportunity cost. And that's the opportunity to lose money in the stock market, or hopefully make money in the stock market. <laughs> Kroger is now warning that customers are buying smaller package sizes of products at a time, prioritizing the lowest shelf-priced items. This is in a report of their recent earnings call. I went through their entire earnings call. Yesterday, we went through multiple other earnings calls as well in the course member live streams, and we saw the same thing happening. In fact, people are now talking about consolidating when they go shopping for things around holidays, like July 4th or Memorial Day, rather than just regularly buying. Consumers are definitely exhibiting stress, so much so that Kroger is saying they're seeing sales ebb and flow with paydays and SNAP benefit distributions, a sign that those excess savings are probably gone. Kroger expecting economic headwinds to continue pressuring customer spend in the second half of the year and a greater promotional price environment. When they were asked about deflation, they said in the last 40 years, they have not experienced deflation in any time except two years. That is, out of the last 40 years, they've only seen grocery price deflation twice. However, they said that at the beginning of the year, they thought inflation would be around 3 to 4%. Guess what they think for inflation now? They think that inflation trends have continued to evolve and that they now expect instead of 3 to 4% inflation, only 1% to 2% inflation, and they expect inflation to continue to decelerate. That's bullish for inflation falling. Still doesn't help the fact that oil is rising, leading the five-year break-evens and five-year forward break-evens to skyrocket recently, which hopefully doesn't call for pummeling from j -Pow. We'll see. 
FTX has now sued the parents of Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah, FTX, the company in bankruptcy, has sued the parents of Sam Bankman Freed, claiming they enriched themselves by siphoning millions of dollars in fraudulently transferred and misappropriated funds, as their wording, okay, from FTX. Some of this money potentially going to illicit campaign donations. Joseph Bankman and Barbara Freed, Get it? Where Sam Bankman-Fried, the name comes from, the hyphenation. Anyway, Sam Bankman-Fried, whose net worth has a weird hyphen in front of it. Well, his parents are tenured professor, professors at Stanford and are now accused of purposely taking money to funnel to their favorite charitable contributions, which, of course, many allege uh, are basically all left-leaning institutions and causes. Although some are saying Sam Bankman-Fried donated an equal amount of money to Republicans, but did so in hidden ways or not clear ways because the media just likes the left. So if you come across as just a big left donor, you get more media attention. Apparently, Joseph Bankman allegedly used FTX funds for personal gifts, including tickets to a Formula One Grand Prix event in France. Barbara Freed is also accused of donating to her own super PAC, which is known as Mind the Gap, helping Democrats specifically. Whoops. Anyway, Sam Bankman Freed can enjoy his hyphenated net worth in jail where he belongs for perpetrating one of the greatest frauds that duped so many. The director of Enphase has, uh, or a director at Enphase, has apparently bought $4 million worth of shares, helping contribute to Enphase's gain of over 4% yesterday. The company has, since their last earnings report, authorized over $1 billion in stock buybacks, and questions are now rising. Is Enphase maybe buying the dip on its own stock? The dip has been pretty aggressive and may continue until interest rates fall, incentivizing that financing of homeowner investments into solar. Though recently, with energy price spikes, maybe we'll finally get some good news coming to Enphase, which more and more is trading like, well, cheap. <laughs> At a peg ratio basis, Enphase right now is trading under a one peg. And I have to say, I think from a technical and fundamental basis, it is a steal at $120 per share. Although I have been buying it since under 180 and then backed up the truck around 150 and now I kind of feel like a little bit of a clown that it's at 120. But you can't be perfect. <laughs> and guess what? I still think there's an opportunity. Though if you were betting on that, the downtrend might uh, might continue. We don't know when it'll end. Much like the United Auto Workers. Well, we don't know when the United States strike is going to end, but apparently the Canadians have figured it out, eh? Yes, Canada has avoided an extension of their version of the strike where 5,600 uniform workers uh, or uniform uh, union workers uh, were on strike, striking simultaneously, specifically against Ford, and finally struck a deal to achieve a three-year labor contract, the details of which are still TBD, but it's giving some hope that, hope, some people hope that maybe the UAW strike will end in America. UAW is threatening to expand its strike come this Friday. The president of the UAW is also emphasizing that they are not messing around. A lot of supportive comments from both union members and 
stock traders in my commentary on the UAW yesterday, where we clarified that this $66 per hour that people say union members are earning uh, isn't correct, that that actually includes this future amortization of all the benefits and pensions or other related benefits, profit sharing agreements that UAW members could eventually get. We found the commentary very supportive. I encourage you to watch the video yesterday, but it's worth noting that it's not just the big three automakers that are getting hit hard here. There are at least 76 publicly traded companies that are all getting hit with the potential combined $38 billion of revenue at risk because of their relation supplying materials and parts to Ford, GM, and Stellantis if this UAW strike continues to expand. In this moment, I highly encourage the CEOs of Ford, GM, and Stellantis to get a deal done. The last thing we want are more people out of work, and potentially more layoffs and in industries throughout the country. Now, that could end up leading to a J-PAL pause or maybe U-turn, but it could also not, which would mean bad news and bad news, which is what nobody wants. But we also want individuals to be able to earn a decent living with all the inflation we've now experienced, which probably isn't going to go away. I don't think we'll face deflation anytime soon because we'll just keep printing our way out of it until that's no longer possible. But <laughs> I think the money printer is still going to work for some time going into the future, and it'll be on again soon enough. On top of this, we now have a talk that Elon Musk's Zach Kirkhorn, in other words, the CEO or CFO at Tesla, might have ended up leaving relating to investigations into that glass house Elon Musk was potentially building. Now, there are SEC allegations, or at least investigations into allegations, that back in 2017, Elon Musk was potentially throwing money into Project 42, a glass house near uh, Giga Austin, and that there's now scrutinization that money was misappropriated from Tesla's EV profits to other pet projects of Elon Musk. And if Zach was involved in this, some are suggesting Zach raised concerns and then was forced out of the company, and that could have potentially explained his sudden departure from Tesla after having amassed nearly a half a billion dollars in wealth while working at Tesla. Wild allegations. Keep in mind, at Tesla, you have 10 days left to transfer full self-driving for free. That is, if you buy a new Tesla, if you need a referral code, by the way, metkevin.com slash Tesla. But anyway, if you buy a new Tesla and you have an old Tesla with FSD, you can now transfer it from your old Tesla to your new uh, Tesla for free. It's sort of a nice little grace period opportunity to transfer to a new Tesla if you were looking to upgrade. Keep in mind, you also now have a lot and a lot, a lot, a lot of people making fun of Green Hill Technologies because Dan O'Dodd's Green Hill Technologies apparently was used in F-35s. F-35s now apparently hacked or maybe hacked. Who knows? A lot of allegations now that Dan O'Dodd's software was used in an F-35 that recently crashed after a pilot ejected. A lot of folks suggesting that the software may have been hacked, leading the pilot to safely eject, although he ended up in the hospital afterwards, which is not uncommon after ejecting. Creates a lot of pressure on your spine, springs your spine, it's a lot of Gs instantly. I mean, think about somebody putting a bomb under your butt 
and then getting ejected out of a plane. Like it seems glorious in movies, but it's extremely painful and damaging. You could end up having to retire from the Air Force after ejecting in an emergency situation. Anyway, the F-35, which was missing for a while, kind of shocking that it could end up going missing, was found, the debris field was found for a lot of folks wondering if the software was ultimately hacked, leading to the demise of that F-35, potentially signaling to the pilot that things were wrong, which may not have otherwise been wrong. Who knows? But the Tesla community is definitely making fun of Dan O'Dodd for this one, given his involvement uh, well, in running the company, Greenhill Technology, which could supply some autonomous technology to F-35s. Yet, what's also interesting is going all the way back to 2018, we've been talking about F-35s potentially getting hacked. Listen to this. Popular Mechanics wrote a piece talking about how the F-35's greatest vulnerability isn't enemy weapons, it's actually getting hacked that the aircraft itself is pretty secure, but because of these multiple communication systems that the plane relies on, first the aut uh, automatic, wait, what is this? Autonomic Logistics Information System. Boy, that is a tongue twister. A-L-I-S, that's a lot easier. That needing to communicate with other systems outside, other servers outside of the plane, and the Joint Reprogramming Enterprise. Both of these networking systems and communications being required to actually operate the plane, but requiring data to leave from the plane, communicate with another system, potentially leaving the plane vulnerable to hacks, leading potentially pilots to believe that they're safe after deploying weapons, even though they're not, or sending signals to pilots that there are issues when indeed there are not. It isn't clear if the F-35 could be remotely controlled by a hacker somewhere else. Right now, the only thing that we think can be remotely controlled by hackers are apparently MGM room key cards, but we really don't need to talk about this cyber attack that has now gone into its ninth day of people not being able to get into MGM rooms or play in the slots. And apparently now, Vegas stores offering free lap dances if you are affected by the MGM hack, it's crazy. I think literally it is a crazy world we live in. What's not crazy though is that did you know you can now get into the courses on building your wealth for just $79? We're releasing multiple, potentially as many as 20, but for now 10 different micro crash courses, high value packed crash courses that are $79 on presale. There's no content in them yet, but once the content comes out, we expect these courses to double in value as soon as the content releases. So that means you have an opportunity now to get into these courses for just $79. They're crash course style, so they're more value packed in a shorter amount of time than some of the larger courses, which might go into more detail and be a lot longer. But the idea is that want to value individual's time. And if you're looking for a crash course on, for example, how to buy your first home, sales, how to negotiate. I want to get you caught up to speed quickly with high value content for a now low price of just $79. Again, we expect that pricing to go up after the pre-sale ends. So check that out by going to meetkevin.com. If you have any questions, you can always email us at staff at meetkevin.com. By the way, that's a good port for me to mention. If you have any questions for Househack, make sure to email us at ir at househack.com. Elon Musk's Neuralink is now recruiting those potentially afflicted by ALS or quadriplegia. 
quadriplegic, Elon Musk's Neuralink is looking to help you. And potentially the first human trial of Neuralink. Should be quite interesting. My heart goes out to anyone affected by these issues, and hopefully Elon Musk's Neuralink can help. Amazon is now offering to pay logistics workers up to $20.50 on average, the range being $17 to $28, and offering workers bonuses of $1 to $3,000 just to go work at Amazon on a temporary basis. This is not a bad deal if you're looking for work. Consider checking out Amazon. Though some people scratching their head going, wait a minute, this is going to cause a wage price spiral. <laughs> Uh-oh. On the other hand, something that is spiraling, and indeed spiraling out of control, is Congress. Right now, House Republicans are postponing a procedural vote on a 30-day government funding bill to basically kick the can down the road again since our budget runs out on the 30th of this month. Keep in mind, that also means funding for Ukraine is technically due within the next 10 days. Joe Biden expecting to sign another $24 billion of funding for Ukraine. Donald Trump freaking out over this on Truth Social, arguing that why is it the United States has funded more than the European Union combined for Ukraine. Donald Trump arguing it's time for the European Union to at least get to par with our funding for Ukraine. Zelensky, while in Ukraine, or while in Ukraine, while in the United Nations, arguing that if Donald Trump indeed has a plan to end the war between Russia and Ukraine within 24 hours, he should go ahead and do the humanitarian good and provide that plan now, directly calling on Donald Trump to help end the war. Although some argue the idea of ending the war where it is right now and just dividing up territory is potentially exactly what Russia wants. Potentially Russia's reasons for barricading itself in minefields and trenches is because they want that oil-rich Dnipro and Donetsk territory where 90% of Ukraine's natural gas and oil production comes from. Maybe that was the plan all along. Maybe the plan was to wait for another president that'll just say, oh, let's, let's let Ukraine have that little edge territory over there. Who knows? That is what Vivek Ramaswamy is calling for right now, who has been criticized for his potential radical ideas for not only ending certain domestic uh, departments like the FBI or Department of Education, but also for suggesting that we should just pause the war in Ukraine versus Russia and just divide up territory the way it is now, leading some to say, I don't know, is this going to be the right person to get in the presidency or do we risk the biscuit where we already know what we're going to get on either Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Speaking of Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, no. The National Archives says it has about 5,400 emails that Obama can decide whether or not to approve the release of, which may include all of Joe Biden's aliases. Yeah, apparently Joe Biden, while he was in office, which wasn't uncommon during the Obama administration, used a lot of aliases. And guess what one of them is? Yeah, the big guy. Other aliases potentially including Robert L. Peters, J.R.B. Ware, and Celtic. This did happen during the Obama administration as well with individuals like Attorney General Eric Holder using nicknames like Lou Alcindor and Lisa Jackson, the former EPA administrator, using Richard Windsor as her second email account. This is weird. It doesn't feel right that... Politicians get to use aliases. I don't like that. I think it's confusing on purpose. 
Now, I get it if there's maybe, like, some, uh, you know, espionage risk or, like, uh, you know, uh, security risk where we don't want, you know, the Russian intelligence agencies knowing what's going on in our emails. Although I bet if they're in our emails, they probably also know our aliases. So it's kind of frustrating. It's also frustrating that we're going through this budget shutdown and showdown again. Obviously, Schumer wants to see disaster relief and Ukraine money in the continuing resolution to kick the can down the road. McCarthy wants funding as well, but he's fighting others. He says he needs a couple more votes to get uh, some kind of budget resolution passed. But he's in this big fight because you've got some Republicans who are like, look, we're, we're, we're done kicking the can down the road. We need cuts. When are we ever going to actually put our pants on and start cutting? The United States budget deficit grows every single year with the total debt now exceeding $33 trillion. We just passed the debt ceiling just under $31 trillion. And all of a sudden we went from under $31 trillion to over $33 trillion. Just a matter of a few months. It's definitely, definitely, hands down, an unsustainable path. Now, do I think the dollar is going to collapse tomorrow because of all of this? No. Do I think it's going to collapse within the next 10 years? No. Will eventually the Ponzi of the American dollar end? Yeah, of course. Eventually, all currencies collapse. They all do. In the meantime, if you want to get some more of the dollar, FAFSA applications are being delayed until December. Apparently, they're going through an overhaul, a new shorter form, and it'll take until December for that form to be ready. In other news, you could just go steal, because apparently that's what people in California are doing. 20 thieves just stole $300,000 worth of handbags. Security guard was blasted in the face with bear spray. The LAPD is calling it flash rob instead of flash mob coming after Glendale, uh, and also in California, just got robbed of $400,000 by 30 people in a flash rob. It's not just California, though. The National Retail Federation estimates that shrink it's climbed to almost $100 billion this year. You could almost fund the war in Ukraine. Oh, look at this, coming through the wire right now. Russia, speaking of Ukraine, Putin, Russia's Putin, accepts invitation to visit China in October. You know, as much as the United States is trying to get away from its reliance on China, you realize, and The Economist had a great piece on this, you realize what's happening is all the other countries around China are just buying the stuff from China, and then they're selling it to the United States. Whether that's Taiwan, South Korea, or even Mexico. They're just buying Chinese stuff. So anytime we try to get away from China, we're still getting Chinese stuff. Can't get away from China. Anyway, National Retail Federation is estimating that mentions of theft and shrink have doubled in company earnings calls. Dick's Sporting Goods blames their missed earnings on theft. And now you have the dollar store complaining that they're going to see another $100 million of increased theft going forward. Honestly, this is just like a human crisis, but it's also a criminal justice problem, right? So you, you've got a double problem. You've got a criminal justice system that's massively flawed, but then you've got this human crisis of food and gas and everything being much more expensive, and it ain't going to go down. Okay, j Powell's just going to turn the money printer on as soon as we hint at deflation. So prices aren't going to go down. Inflation's growth might be falling. The prices ain't gonna go down. Not if the Fed can stop it. They'll just print more. That's what they did the last 10 years before COVID. Anyway, now, and this is devastating, okay? I, I, I hate to hear stuff like this, uh, but uh, it, it, does, it does jade you quite a bit. Uh, apparently now, you had Ukraine blame a missile strike 
on Russia that apparently didn't come from Russia. It apparently came from Ukraine itself. Here's the New York Times piece where they show imagery along with interviews and investigations of the site uh, showing the the uh, the explosion. And uh, I, I, look, I know it's the Times, but uh, the Times originally did echo Zelensky's claim that this was a Russian strike. Well, apparently it probably wasn't a Russian strike. In fact, evidence now indicates that the Ukrainian missile, that a Ukrainian missile just fell short of its target. It was supposed to fly, fly somewhere around 15 miles and ended up falling after 10 miles, killed 15 civilians and injuring more than 30 others. New York Times reporters apparently analyzed fragments, satellite imagery, witness accounts, blah, 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 blah. Intel originally blamed Russian terrorists and so did Zelensky, but apparently it was actually a Ukrainian missile that malfunctioned for unknown reasons. Or it's being used as a propaganda tool, which is the more jaded and devastating consideration that maybe Ukraine could be conducting some of these strikes or attacks on itself. This is super jaded, tinfoil hat, okay, but the more you kind of like shoot yourself in the foot, the more you're like, I need help. Very, very jaded, but I'll tell you, I, I don't know, after COVID, the level of jade in our society is going up and oftentimes rightfully so. Listen to this. Cliff Sims, former deputy, deputy director of the National Intelligence Service, and John Radcliffe, who was the former director of the National Intelligence of the United States, both just wrote an op-ed. And they are reiterating whistleblower claims that the CIA purposefully manipulated COVID-19 origin claims to favor the story China was coming up with. Analysts who initially supported the lab leak theory were apparently paid to change their opinion. Accusations of a larger trend within the CIA being politicized regarding China are being corroborated by this op-ed, scathing op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today. I saw this op-ed, I'm like, this, this is crazy. CIA intelligence analysts being paid off to do political favors? I mean, quite frankly, maybe we should have assumed this, but... It just seems like every day, more and more, the jade level is going up everywhere. And again, rightfully so. Apparently, this is so common, it's literally called conclusion shopping. Yeah, conclusion shopping. <laughs> you don't actually investigate anything anymore. You just shop for the conclusion you want, and then you pay for it. <sighs> On top of that, NVIDIA's uh, data center hardware sales in Q2 were around $10.3 billion, right? Well, apparently now an analytics firm called Omdia is estimating that NVIDIA dispatched 900 tons of H100 processors during the la most recent quarter here in 2023, suggesting maybe NVIDIA sales might end up beating. This is coming at the same time as rumors are that Microsoft might actually be canceling orders four H100s because the AI hype isn't holding up. <gasps> mm. Rumor, rumors, lots of rumors. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows the uh, positioning of these people's stocks anyway? Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I look, I'm a big believer that a lot of the AI software is a fad. Uh, and I've purposely tried staying away from AI software. I do still think, and I still believe it, that the chips are an opportunity. TSM, AMD, NVIDIA, you know, NVIDIA's price might be a little lofty, but the amount of CapEx that's going to absorb NVIDIA's production as long as they can get their hands on these AI chips is going to explode. This is as other chip sales are slowing down as TSM is warm, 
It just doesn't seem to be AI chips that are slowing down. Anyway, we'll see. Now it's time for the daily wealth. Individuals really enjoy the daily wealth emails that we send out. Check out the link down below to sign up for that. And one of the big things that we're seeing a lot of folks have questions about is this idea of how do we make sure our job doesn't get replaced? You don't want to be the person in a stone quarry learning how to swing the hammer or the pickaxe the best when you're just going to get replaced by a jackhammer or a tool. You don't want to drive a forklift better because you're just going to get replaced by a whole robot. Instead, some jobs that could really insulate you are those jobs that rely on a deep understanding of human psychology. This could be things like sales. Hey, we've got a crash course on that. Nursing, finance, real estate, law advertising, potentially highly insulated, and actually benefiting from artificial intelligence. Healthcare companies spending a ton of money on AI, by the way. Anyway, that does it for today's bottom line report. Let me know in the comments down below if you still appreciate these segments, how you like them. I, I need as much feedback as you can give me. It's obviously very different from what we used to do, so I'd like to hear your comments. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Do not advertise these things that you told us here. I feel like nobody else knows about this. We'll, we'll try a little advertising and see how it goes. Congratulations, man. You have done so much. People love you. People look up to you. Kevin Paffrath there, financial analyst and YouTuber. Meet Kevin. Always great to get your take.